0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good morning, good day, good evening, wherever you are, whatever time it is, welcome, welcome. So today I'd like to continue with this sense of the faculties for fearlessness just want to recognize that you know fear I think we all know what fear is but it shows up in our lives in so many different ways maybe in some ways in which we're not really connecting with fear and one of them is perfectionism this always like finding flaws that need to be fixed before we can share something or show something you know always trying to fix everything or maybe there's a sense of like well i have to wait for when like i can't do something right now because there has to be a time when things are more comfortable so maybe we're like holding back something we want to do with our life or say to somebody or whatever it might be start that more healthy behavior or something like this. Or maybe there's a way in which fear shows up in which we're trying to like avoid uncertainty. We're trying to have everything planned out beforehand or understand it and have it, uh I don't know, being known in some kind of way, this fear of the unknown. So we're trying to make sure there aren't any unknowns, but you know, of course, of course, we can't be certain about everything. These are just some of the ways in which fear shows up. It turns out to be such a big part of our lives. And then I'd like to offer these five days, these five faculties. Many of you will know this. This is a very conventional list that we talk about in early Buddhism. However, I'm going to talk about them a little bit differently, that I'm not going to do it in the usual order. And I'm going to highlight particular aspects of each faculty that I think can be a real support for us to bring to fear. And just as a little brief summary, I started with sati, and I'm uh, highlighting this quality of noticing for sati. That is, we first like notice maybe the environment, the desk, the chair, the computer, this way we get oriented then notice our present moment bodily experience the feeling of contact with the whatever it is or whatever surface we're in contact with maybe the breath as i kind of lead us in these guided meditations i'm often doing this movement but then also sati to notice the sense of no I don't want this fear or no, I don't want to do this. And maybe the fear is making us wanting to do it. This sense of resistance, noticing that too. Often they're conflated and confused and not even recognized, but is there a way that we can tease apart? Notice there's fear and resistance to fear. And then, to go even more internal or inside, to notice what is it that's feeling threatened? Do we have a self-concept, a sense of what we think of what it means to be a good person or what it means to be a good practitioner or a sense of how we think the world should be? And is that feeling threatened? And to just notice that, notice what's feeling threatened. So sati, as noticing from the more external to the more internal. Some of you may know that sati is oh, oh, conventionally translated as mindfulness. And then the second that I did yesterday was about samadhi. And that was about bringing the sense of collectedness, centeredness, this wholeheartedness, like, kind of like a, a gathering of our attention. But in particular, when we're working with fear, to bring this gatherness this abiding in to the resistance to the fear not the fear itself often that's too overwhelming it's too much and that's like so much we don't want to do this but this sense of no and we might have resistance to the resistance that's okay bring uh this collectedness this gatherness about, against the resistance to the resistance, or maybe we have resistance to the resistance to the resistance. It's okay. Whatever, you know, iteration that we have it to bring this collectedness, this gatheredness around this sense of, no, I don't want it. No, whatever way that shows up. And it shows up in a countless myriad ways. And then today I'd like to introduce a third faculty, and that is sada. Dharma teachers often pronounce it as Sada. In Pali, it would be Sada, but it's a kind of like Dharma teacher or Pali, it's Sada. And that is that having practiced with Sati, mindfulness, and Samadhi, this gathering together, there can be this recognition that, oh, this uh, noticing and this gathering together is helpful. The consequences of this, it turns out to be a little bit beneficial, and we gain confidence in the practice we gain some confidence in the approach that we're taking we gain confidence with this sense of having this presence of showing up for the fear and the resistance to the fear and this confidence i'm going to say as sada. and this confidence gives us strength to engage in this practice to meet the fear, to meet the resistance with the fear, with the sati and samadhi, with the noticing and the collectedness. So this confidence in the practice, that there's some benefits to it, noticing that there's some benefits, and having this willingness to engage with the practice. But we also need not only confidence in the practice, but confidence in ourselves, (laughs) that we can do this, and sometimes, maybe this is a big part of practice is to gain this confidence, but which implies that we don't always have it. I know that certainly was true. But certainly, beginning my practice, I just didn't think I couldn't do it. It seemed like everybody else could do it, and they looked like they had it all together. And clearly, they were enlightened or on the brink of enlightenment if they weren't already, because they were sitting so still. And here I was, so wiggly, with my mind going all over the place. So if we don't have confidence in ourselves, we can borrow it. Borrow it from others. And this is part of the power of practicing with others. Practicing in Sangha, just like we do here at 7 a.m. These people that are leaving comments, whether you're greeting one another, but you're also kind of giving us confidence that like, okay, yeah, you're showing up again and again and again. We can do it. And by this warm heartedness that we see in the context, in the comments, we can see that, oh, okay, the people that are doing this are kind hearted, well wishing, caring. They have what we want the world to be. Like we have, they have what we want to be with ourselves. So if you feel like you don't have some confidence, can you borrow the confidence? either from those here at the 7 a.m. Maybe you have a meditation center where you practice. Maybe you have a small group of friends that you practice with, whomever. Maybe you have teachers. Maybe you don't have like personal relationships where you know people, but it's just, you know, of people. That's okay. Just borrow the confidence wherever you need to. Be inspired by other people but this coming back again and again. Be inspired by the confidence they have in themselves or in you. There's this way in which this confidence in the practice and the confidence that we can do this is contagious. So allow yourself to catch the confidence in some kind of way. Other people can believe in you, can believe in the practice, even when you're feeling like you don't quite have it. You're not sure. And here's part of the beauty about this idea of confidence is we only need just enough confidence. Just enough. Just enough for to be present for the next breath. Just enough to show up for the next 7 a.m. Or just enough confidence to not click away. Just enough confidence to be curious about what's going to rise next or curious about what's being pointed to when other people or the teacher. We do not need heroic confidence. We do not need confidence that's unshakable and we have it 100% of the time. We just need enough for the next moment. said. sada. sada. As confidence in the practice and in ourselves. But I'd also like to introduce a second aspect of Sada, Sada, and that is trust. You could see how these are related, confidence and trust, but there's this progression of practice. As we kind of like learn to be present and be carefully at Attentive and maybe relax into what's happening, we discover that there is more going on within us and that there's this, if we allow it, there's this movement towards healing, towards wholeness, towards goodness. We start to trust, oh yeah, if we can create the conditions in which this can unfold, there's this natural inner process towards wholeness and freedom. And it turns out we don't have to make everything happen. We don't have to insist or engineer, manufacture, create all the goodness, the healing, the freedom. big part of practice is trusting. And this trust is part of what creates the condition for this wholeness and healing to happen. Trust that dharma practice enables and allows and makes room for this natural process to happen. Maybe in the same way that when we have a cut or an injury, right, we have to take care of it. We have to clean the cut and put a band on it or... Take antibiotics if it's infected or do what the doctor suggests, physical therapy, whatever it is for whatever injury. So we definitely have to apply ourselves. But there's also a way in which, right, we don't actually do the healing. It's a natural process that's already happening. We just have to help make it happen. And so much about practice turns out to be this. This. At some point, what is needed from us is just to get out of the way. So I don't want to suggest that no effort is ever needed. There is certainly effort that is needed, but it's not always this, you know, really striving, straining. There's an effort to create the conditions in which we can allow, in which we can trust the depth of what is possible within us. The trust that this inner process, that's not only inside us, that's inside others, too. We don't have to fix them. We don't have to (laughs) try to heal them. Even though we want to, of course we do. But they have this inner process, too. Even though they may not know it. But is there a way that we can give space not only to ourselves, but to others? Sada Sada as confidence and trust, is a way that can help with the fear. So even though it sometimes is uncomfortable, it requires a certain amount of letting go of a sense of control. And part of the art of practice is knowing when does there need to be some effort, some real, you know, showing up, even though it's uncomfortable, and when does there need to be some letting go, some trusting. And there's always a combination. Maybe there's a little bit more effort and a little bit more letting go and trusting at other times. And this is the part of practice that as we more we practice, the more we start to recognize. But maybe even hearing this word, sada," confidence and trust helps us to be sensitive of when that's already unfolding in our own lives. So the third faculty, often translated as faith or confidence, is Sada. Confidence, trust in your process. You don't have to make it all happen. Thank you. Thank you. I wish you all a wonderful rest of the day.